section eighty six of norway sweden denmark iceland greenland and the search for the poles this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox the world story volume eight norway sweden denmark iceland greenland and the search for the poles edited by eva march tappan section eighty six a model parliament by dr isaac i hayes now these greenlanders or eskimos are not prone to be governed yet the danish rule is satisfactory to them and they submit to it without a murmur and none the less readily that they have a voice in their own affairs each little town or hunting-station is at liberty to send up a representative to sit in the parliament of juliana Schab. the number of representatives is twelve the names of the most important towns besides the capital are nenortelik fredericksdal lichtenau these two latter are missions of the moravian brethren ingaliko and kroksimut the parliament house is not an imposing edifice i should say its dimensions are about sixteen by twenty feet it is one story high is built of boards lined on the inside and painted blue and on the outside is plastered over with pitch it has no lobby for the accommodation of people who come to the capital with axes for the public grindstone nor committee rooms for the better confusion of the public business in the centre of the one room there stands a long table of plain pine boards and along either side there is one long bench of the same material and on each bench sit six parliamentarians dressed in sealskin pantaloons and boots and guernsey frocks with broad suspenders across their shoulders the faces of these parliamentarians are all of a very dusky hue the colour of their hair is very black and it does not seem to have any greater familiarity with combs and brushes than their faces with soap and towels however they are an amiable-looking party at least they grin and show their fine white teeth when i enter and are altogether perhaps quite clean enough for ordinary parliamentary work every man of them has a pencil in his hand and a piece of paper on the table before him and each one is as busy taking notes thereon as some of our own honourable members are said to be in taking notes of another description but i must not neglect to mention one article of the parliamentary costume for it shines out so conspicuously that it must be noticed i mean the official cap always worn when the house is in session which is supplied to each member by royal bounty this cap is of the brightest kind of scarlet cloth with a broad gilt band around it the royal emblems are emblazoned in front and above these there is a golden polar bear 
with a crown on his head standing uncomfortably on his hind legs to typify greenland there is a thirteenth cap at the head of the table and this thirteenth cap covers the head of the genial mr anthon pastor of juliana shab and president of the juliana shab parliament ex officio the aggregate amount of dignity possessed by this parliament was quite wonderful and was in truth as overwhelming as the fishy odour with which it was impregnated but neither the fishy odour nor the dignity appeared to interfere with the transaction of business on the contrary they seemed to be working away like beavers and indeed they disposed of matters with such an amazing degree of promptness that i fell instantly to wondering whether dignity would not be a good thing to introduce into parliaments congresses assemblies and such like things generally and as to the fishy atmosphere i have no doubt that it was quite as wholesome as the atmosphere of some of our own legislative halls where lobbyists are so thick about the doors and avenues that all the purity which ever does go in is soon done for of the kind of business brought before this dignified tribunal i will give a few samples the first was a petition for relief the petitioner himself stood there in person looking the very picture of forlorn destitution he stated that he had lost his canoe kayak and he produced evidence enough to show without any swearing false or otherwise that it had been crushed and lost in the ice the man who had hardly clothes on his back to cover his nakedness showed further that he had a wife and family who had no friends to assist them and were entirely dependent upon himself for support i thought it a doubtful support at best and so appeared to think the parliament since they voted an order for a small stipend of food and clothing as per schedule to be drawn from the public storehouse and paid for out of the parliamentary funds the man was sent to work in the government blubber house at twenty-two skillings eleven cents a day the next case was similar in character only the petitioner was a well-known young hunter who had lost his kayak by a fearful accident which had nearly cost him his life as well as boat and from the effects of which he had barely now recovered all that i could comprehend was that some of his ribs had been stove in the case being proven the question before parliament was whether they should grant him relief which was unanimously voted in the affirmative how much was the next question after thirteen pencils had ciphered for a minute or so they made it out fourteen dollars seven american for material for the kayak four dollars for harpoon spear etc and six to pay debts contracted at the government storehouse for necessary comforts during his sickness a third case was that of an old man who received one dollar to buy a spear with 
another was from a man who had a family of girls and no umiak he received twenty-four dollars one half of which he was to refund within two years one hunter got a rifle on the same terms a sick woman obtained some flannel for a shirt some orphan children an order for bread a widow the means to bury her dead husband these and a number more of similar character were soon disposed of some of the cases were represented by proxy the applicant residing at nenortalik or other distant outpost whence to come would be difficult others presented their petitions in person some appeals were thrown out in part or altogether but these were very few for public opinion is strong in greenland and a lofty sense of pride prevents begging except in the last extremity in the case however of the kayak and the umiak there was presented a prospect of future public advantage for in encouraging these people by providing them with boats the public revenues are increased by their adding to the public industry thus do we see that as village hamptons and mute inglorious miltons may sometimes lie in the village churchyard so savage legislators and lawgivers may be solons and adam smiths all in one and they not know anything about it and the world be none the wiser and thus we see these greenland parliaments serve an excellent purpose they take care of the poor they render assistance to the unfortunate they provide certain means of punishing the indolent and guilty they reward the industrious and when they have finished with their business they adjourn and go home to do their talking and what more do you want with a parliament nobody certainly would desire them to vote away millions of acres of the public lands for although they might very well do so without injury to anybody there are no dangerous corporations to be benefited thereby and no public interests to be sacrificed by such procedure and therefore no motive End of section eighty six this recording is in the public domain.